the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Today I want to talk to you about building something great for God. Building something great for God. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans 4 and also 1 Chronicles 29. If you can find both of those spots, we'll read through some scriptures there in a little bit. Romans 4 and 1 Corinthians 29. Many, many moons ago, on a Sunday night, as a 15-year-old boy, I stepped forward in church. And I committed my life to becoming a minister of the gospel and to serve as a pastor for my vocation as a ninth grader. And those were the days where you stepped forward, the preacher would stand up and tell everybody why you came forward. Aren't you glad we don't do that anymore? (laughs) The preacher, of course, was my dad. And I remember putting my hand in my dad's big hand and he said, son, why have you come forward tonight? And I said, Dad, because I'm committing my life, I want to be a pastor one day of a great church. I did not say, Dad, I want to become a pastor of a church. I told my dad at age 15, I said, Dad, one day I want to be a pastor of a great church. I asked myself, where did that dream, that calling, where did that come from? Who put that inside of me? First and foremost, it came from God. God put that dream in me. And for the past four decades, I have lived out that dream. And here I am looking at the next 10 years, possibly my last 10 years as the pastor here at this church, uh, before we pass the baton on to somebody else, I continue to live that dream. I want to spend the next 10 years of my life continuing to do what God called me to do. I believe that everything you ever see here at this church Everything you ever experience here at this church is only the tip of the iceberg of what God has in store for us in the future. I sat down and came up with some reasons on why it is prudent to want to build and do something great in the kingdom of God. And the question is, what motivates us as a church? Let me give you 10 reasons why we need to do something magnificent for God. Number one, our God is worthy of our best. I've always heard this phrase, usually it's on television, 
It's a phrase that goes, I serve at the pleasure of the president. Well, I'm here to tell you that we serve at the pleasure of the creator God of the universe. People in Malachi's day, they were giving God leftovers. They were giving God less than their best. Yes, they were giving something to God, but it really wasn't sacrificial in nature. And God said these words in Malachi 1 verse 8, when you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? God says, why don't you try offering those to your governor? Would the governor be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? And the idea is, if the governor wouldn't even accept that, then why would I, as an Almighty God, accept your, what you're giving right now? He goes on to say in verse 11, My name will be great among the nations, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, in every place of incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord who? The Lord Almighty. Our God is a great God. He's greater than any governor. He's greater than any president. He's greater than any rock star. He's greater than any Hollywood star. He's greater than any athlete. He's greater than LeBron. He's greater than Kobe. He's greater than Mohammed. He's greater than any CEO or CFO. You ought to serve him and honor him and praise him and worship him and give to him and love him and glorify him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength and all of your mind for one reason. You don't need nine other reasons. Just one reason, main reason, is our God is a great God. Number two. I want to do great things for God because he's done great things for us. It's not just that he is great. He's done great things for us. He created the world. He put the stars. He put them up there in place just for you. He set the sun in place just for you. Three-fourths of the surface of the earth is water. He did that just for you. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, and Genesis chapter 3 is the story of creation. He even created you. I personally, because of the story of creation in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, I believe that God spoke into existence the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. The Bible says in James 1, 17 that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I want to give him my best because he gave me his best. I think of the air that I breathe and the water that I drink and the money that I spend and the church that I serve and the Bible that I hold and the spirit that is within me and the grace that covers my sin and the love that I have experienced, the salvation that I have clinged to, my family that I belong to. And not only all of that, I think of the fact that he gave me his very best in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave 
his one and only son. And Jesus goes to that cross and dies so that if I believe in him, I shall not perish but have everlasting life. How could I ever give him less than my best? Why would I want to do something small and insignificant for him after all he's done for me? That doesn't even make sense. Turn to your neighbor and say, that doesn't even make sense. Number three on our list. I never want to be lukewarm about anything. I don't know why, but God made me, I'm an all-in or nothing kind of a person. I'm either all-in or I don't even want to be involved in your little project. I'm not going to get involved in something and do it halfway. If I'm going to coach my grandson's team, we're going to try to win the championship. Not going to be this participation trophy stuff. I took up the sport of cycling. I go so hard that my, my heart just beats out of my chest. about kill myself. Every, but I'm not going to give up. If I'm going to write a sermon, I'm going to try to write the best sermon I can write. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, whatever. I want everybody to say the word whatever. I want you to put your hands up like this. Come on, do it with me. Put your hands up. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, whatever it is, do it with all your might. I don't care if you're a trash truck driver. Be the best trash truck driver in Los Angeles. Especially if you're on my block. If you're a piano teacher, be the best piano teacher you can be. If you're a surgeon or a nurse, be the best surgeon or the best nurse you can be. If you're out just washing a car or painting a wall or singing a song, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. In the same way that you expect me to give my all when I'm preaching or leading the church, God expects you to give your all in your dealing here at the church. Revelation 3.15, God said, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. He says, I wish you were one or the other. Revelation 3.16, so because you're lukewarm, so what's lukewarm? He says, you're neither hot nor cold, you're just kind of wishy-washy. He said, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Even God in heaven can't stomach a Christian that's lukewarm. A Christian that's just lackadaisical. A Christian that just kind of goes through the motions. God says, I'd rather you be red hot on fire. Or you know what? I'd rather you be ice cold than just be so-so. Don't be lukewarm for God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number four. Number four. Get this point. To whom much has been given, much is required. You remember the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25? One guy got five talents, one guy got two talents, and one guy got one talent. The guy with five talents went to work and made five more, so now he's got ten. The guy with two talents, he went to work and got two more, so he's got four. The guy that God gave one talent to, he was kind of scared. He went out, the Bible says, and he hid it because he didn't want to lose it. The master came back. He saw the guy that had five. Now he's got ten. The Lord was happy with that guy. The guy that was given two talents and he's now got four, the Lord was happy with that guy. But that guy that took his gift and his talent and just hid it, he, the master was not happy with that fellow. 
In fact, Jesus said these words. It's not me. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Jesus said these words. He said, throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe that God, when he put this church here, that this is a five-talented church. We have been blessed more than most churches. You realize that, don't you? You should just go visit other churches. And you would understand God's blessing upon this church. Well, we have the best location in all of Los Angeles. We're right on the freeway. We have this little tiny piece of property, but it's real skinny. It's really long. So it goes clear along the freeway, people. And we have our own exit. It's like the most beautiful area. It's one of the few remaining areas in all of Los Angeles where they're still building homes and people are moving into that area looking for churches. We've got the best weather. We've got an In-N-Out burger right across the street from the church. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church. We, we have the best looking people. I knew you'd like that point. We live in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. We actually have a thing called freedom that many countries do not have today. There are countries in the world where you can be arrested for going to church. We have freedom to share your faith. There are many countries if you share your faith, they will throw you in jail. And think about if you could somehow measure all of the talent and all of the skills and all of the abilities of the people that are in this room to whom much has been given, much is to be expected. Do not think that we're going to be here with all this talent and want to do something small and insignificant for God. That screams against everything that's in the Bible where God has blessed us. We need to show our appreciation to Him. Amen? Amen. Number five, I never, ever, 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 ever want to be outworked by the devil. The devil comes only to still kill and to destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I preached a sermon on this not too long ago. The devil never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never takes a day off. The devil 24-7 is trying to rob you and steal from you and to destroy you. And I have always felt that if I am a lazy Christian, if I don't give my all... Or if I don't build this great church that somehow the devil will claim a few more victories than he would if we hadn't worked. I never wanted to give the devil that opportunity. R.C. Sproul wrote, wrote an article, and the name of the article is Right Now Counts Forever. Right Now Counts Forever. And the idea is that time is precious. Jonathan Edwards actually preached a sermon once called The Preciousness of Time. 
And that sermon helped launch the Great Awakening. And I'm telling you, the devil realizes and is working, not just working, the devil is working overtime, trying to destroy you, trying to destroy this city, trying to destroy this nation, trying to destroy your family, trying to destroy your children, trying to destroy your marriage, trying to destroy everything. And I feel like I never, I've got to work hard just because I don't want him to win. Even though I know that God ultimately is going to have the victory. I just want to roll up my sleeves and get to work. Can someone say amen? amen? Number six, I do want my life and my faith to glorify God. I don't know why you get out of bed on Monday. But why do you get out of bed on Monday? Is it to acquire more possessions? You just got to go to work because you, you got to pay that boat off. Do you go to work on Monday so you can, you get up every Monday just so you can climb up that corporate ladder? Do you get out of bed on Mondays because you, you want to become famous or you want more popularity or you're striving for some reason or some goal? You, you, know, you know what I think our main, pur- what the, our main purpose for being on this earth is to simply glorify God. That should be your purpose. Just get up every day and say, Lord, I don't care what I'm doing or where I'm going or where I end up being or who I end up hanging out with today. I want to spend this day just glorifying you. And sometimes this is very difficult when God has blessed you as much as he's blessed us. We take all of these blessings and somehow we start thinking they all belong to us. Instead of realizing that everything that we have comes from Him. And the one thing that's more difficult to glorify God in our blessings is to learn how to glorify God in our difficult moments. Everybody goes through difficult times. The question is, will you glorify God when when times are good and will you glorify God when times are bad? I want you to look at Romans chapter 4. You all remember Abraham, don't you? Abraham was that guy. He, he was a really old guy. I mean, like a hundred old. And his wife was like 90. And I know you know this. You can't have babies when you're 90. But God told him, Abraham, one day I'm going to give you some offspring. And one day your offspring will outnumber the stars in the sky. You remember that? And he just kept getting older and older and older and older. But Romans chapter 4, verse 18 says, against all hope. Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised This is why it was accredited to him as righteousness. The question is, when times turn bad, will you continue 
to be strengthened in your faith and give glory to God. The night before last, Friday night, there was a woman in our church who passed from this life into the next. She was a faithful member of this church. She was a dear friend of mine. And one year ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. And she's battled for 12 months. And Friday night, Cedar sinai Hospital, her family was gathered around her. And while they were praying over her, she went on to be with the Lord during the prayer. Many times in the last few weeks, in the last few months, in the last few hours of her life, They asked her, Mom, are you okay? Mom, are you ready? Are you scared? Are you worried about anything? Are you fearful? And over and over again, she said, no, I'm fine. She knew that she was safe in the arms of Jesus. She glorified God. Listen to me. She glorified God in her life, and she glorified God in her death. And today she's in heaven, and they're throwing her a great big party up there. You and I should live every day glorifying God in this life. Every moment of every day. Number seven, another reason why I want to do something great for God is if others are building upon our foundation, then let's build a great foundation. I mean, don't you understand that all of us are just passing through this life and we're here just for a little while? And whatever we're doing here, we're just building a foundation for the next generation. You do know that, don't you? David in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, he wanted to build a temple to house the Ark of the Covenant. God eventually told David, no, David, you will not be allowed to build the temple. However, your son Solomon, we're going to let little Solomon actually build it. So David knew, he knew that he'd never be allowed to build the temple. However, he did everything in his possible means to lay the foundation and to provide everything so that the next generation could actually build the temple that he himself wanted to build. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, here's the story. King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen is young and... He's a millennial. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, it's for God. And ladies and gentlemen, that's an important point. No matter When I talk about we want to build and do something great for the kingdom of God, it's not for us, it's always for God. Always remember that. Verse 2, with all my resources, David said, I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onks for the settings and turquoise stones of various colors all kinds of fine stone and marble and all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything else I've provided for this holy temple. Verse 4, 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now who with me is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? 
David did everything but build that temple. He laid it all out so his son could finish the job. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every night here on KKLA. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message tonight has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.